You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Genesis chapter 47, verses 1 through 6, Joseph's brothers before Pharaoh. The whole family of Israel, 70 persons, are now in Egypt. Joseph has reunited with his father and the rest of the family. He situated them in Goshen because they brought all their flocks and herds with them. Since he is familiar with royal court policy and procedures, he now approaches Pharaoh to inform him that his family have arrived from Canaan and are in Goshen along with all they own. Then he chooses only five of his eleven brothers to meet Pharaoh. No need to overwhelm him with Israelites. Pharaoh politely asks after their occupation. They answer as they had been instructed by Joseph. Your servants are shepherds, they replied to Pharaoh, just as our fathers were. They also said to him, We have come to live here for a while, because the famine is severe in Canaan, and your servants' flocks have no pasture. So now, please let your servants settle in Goshen. So they were not being disingenuous when they claimed they were coming to live in Egypt for a while. They could not possibly have known they'd settle for 430 years. They thought it was just for the length of the time of the famine. They knew the promised land of Canaan was their possession. Pharaoh addresses Joseph and first says they can live anywhere in Egypt, then tells Joseph to settle them in the best part of the land. Then he agrees that Goshen is the best place because of their profession as shepherds. He trusts Joseph's judgment in such things. This was very generous of Pharaoh, but he does more. Because Joseph is such an excellent administrator and leader, he assumes all his brothers are the same. So he offers them key positions within their field of expertise. And if you know of any among them with special ability, put them in charge of my own livestock. So when they were younger, they may have been lazy, but now they were industrious and excelled in their calling. Verses 7 through 10, Israel before Pharaoh. Then Joseph brings in his elderly father and presents him before Pharaoh. The earlier pharaohs of scripture are not named. We only start hearing them named around the time of the, of the kings. It mentions Pharaoh Necho, Pharaoh So, and Pharaoh Hophra in scripture. And although this is a new pharaoh, probably Senusert III, he honored his father's commitments. So Jacob shows respect to Pharaoh as we should also to those in authority, even if only for the sake of the position itself. But as he is superior in faith, Jacob blesses him. Hebrews 7.7 says, And without doubt the lesser is blessed by the greater. So Jacob offers a blessing to him, no doubt in the name of God, thanking him for his benevolence and generosity in situating them in Goshen. And although Jacob is only... uh, the patriarch of 70 persons and is a poor shepherd, he is still the spiritual authority to this unnamed Pharaoh, who is the greatest world leader of the day. In this new country, the people became known as the children of Israel. So Pharaoh looks closely at Israel and all he can ask is, how old are you? Jacob gives an extraordinary answer to an ordinary question. He may have looked old for his age because of the stress of grief, But he didn't feel old when he compared his own lifespan to his father and grandfather. He says, The years of my pilgrimage are 130, 
My years have been few and difficult, and they do not equal the years of the pilgrimage of my fathers. So he referred to his life as a pilgrimage, which agrees with the idea of being a stranger here for a short time and on his way to his real home. He admits his years have been few and difficult, which shows he was pessimistic at this point. By the end of his life, he will be more positive. Job 14.1 says, Mortals born of women are a few days and full of trouble. So Abraham lived to 175 and Isaac to 180, and Jacob would live to 147. Verses 11 and 12, Joseph provides for his family. As promised and planned by Joseph and directed by Pharaoh, Joseph settled his family in Egypt and gave them property in Goshen, called the District of Ramses. The name Ramses was likely what the area was called at the time of Moses' writing, so they would know of it. It didn't mean this particular pharaoh was Ramses. The region is also called Zoan elsewhere. So Joseph provides for his father and brothers and all their household with food according to the number of children, as he had promised. There must have been a rationing system in place. They probably didn't need to go to collect it anymore, but Joseph would send it to them. Verses 13 to 17, back to work, financial collapse. So the family drama is settled, but there is still a regional famine going on. The countries of Canaan and Egypt are wasting away because the famine is so severe. Up to this point, the people have been paying for the grain with money, which went directly into Pharaoh's palace coffers. But when the money ran out, the people were still hungry. They came to Joseph and said, Give us food. Why should we die before your eyes? Our money is all gone. So the severity of the famine bankrupted everyone in Egypt and Canaan. All their wealth would not keep them from starving if God withheld the rain. They could not eat their money. So Joseph set up a bartering system. Then bring your livestock, said Joseph. I will sell you food in exchange for your livestock since your money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and he gave them food in exchange for their horses, their sheep and goats, their cattle and donkeys. This brought them safely through that year. They got food, and Pharaoh's holdings increased. Verses 18 through 26, land for food deal. The following year, which is the halfway point of the famine, when their food ran out, they returned to Joseph. He knew they had no money or livestock. They had nothing left to barter but themselves and their land. But what good was land to them if they died? And what good was land to Pharaoh if it was not eventually sowed with crops? So they willingly offered themselves as indentured servants and their land in exchange for food. Joseph was not taking advantage of them since this was their suggestion. There had been private land ownership before this, but they happily switched to a feudal system. And this way they would survive and the land could bounce back eventually. So Joseph bought all the land in Egypt for Pharaoh, and the only exception was the land of the priests, because they were fed and cared for by Pharaoh. He looked after them, hoping they'd help him in his journey to the afterlife when the time came. But even if Joseph didn't personally agree with this, as a politician, he honored Pharaoh's wishes. He also relocated the people into the cities to be closer to the food supply. And although there could not be the usual amount of crops sown since the Nile wouldn't overflow as it usually did. Nevertheless, Joseph gave them some seed for them to plant, and they could water their limited crops from the Nile. 
the only payment required in exchange for the seed was to return a fifth of their crop back to Pharaoh at harvest time. This 20% tax would replenish the supply of grain. They could keep the other four-fifths as food for themselves. So the people appreciated Joseph's management and recognized what it meant. You have saved our lives, they said. They willingly became Pharaoh's servants. May we find favor in the eyes of our Lord. We will be in bondage to Pharaoh. So Joseph established the 20% tax of crops as a law in Egypt, which was still in force when Moses wrote about it. Proverbs 11.26 says, People curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. Verses 27 to 31, Joseph's vow to Jacob. Meanwhile, in Goshen, the children of Israel were growing in number as God had promised. Jacob was able to see this fulfillment of the Abrahamic promise. Through Joseph, the family of Israel were blessed and a blessing to all nations. Egypt would prosper as long as the children of Israel were treated well, but once they were oppressed, Egypt was ruined. Although Jacob thought he might die after he saw Joseph, he lived another 17 years in Egypt to the age of 147. So Jacob had Joseph the first 17 years of his life, and Joseph had Jacob for the last 17 years of his life. And this is the kindness of God. When Israel realized he would soon die, he called Joseph to him and asked him to make him a promise. If I have found favor in your eyes, put your hand under my thigh and promise that you will show me kindness and faithfulness. Do not bury me in Egypt, but when I rest with my fathers, carry me out of Egypt and bury me where they are buried. So Jacob still felt the connection to Canaan where many of his family members were buried. He knew the promises of God were tied to the land. And his concern was not for an elaborate funeral, although that was what he received, but to be buried in Canaan, the land of promise, which is a type of heaven. He would remind his sons of this request on his deathbed. So Joseph promised to do this. He insisted that Joseph officially swear to him. He did, and this resulted in worship by Israel. He leaned on his walking stick that would always remind him of his encounter with the Lord, recorded in Genesis 32. So it's a blessing to be made aware of our mortality, that we may set our affairs in order. And nothing makes death easier than knowing what awaits us. Jacob knew he would rest with his fathers. Hebrews 11.14, after listing Old Testament saints in the Hall of Faith, says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or application to the gospel do we find in this chapter? Jacob showed respect to Pharaoh and blessed him. And this gives us an example that we should honor and pray for our leaders. 1 Timothy 2, 1-4 says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So Joseph was first a servant, counted as a criminal, although innocent, then exalted to the right hand of the king, and ruled over all the people in righteousness. 
Jesus came to earth as a servant, was treated as a criminal, although innocent. Then he was exalted to the right hand of God and rules over all people in righteousness. Though Joseph was powerful, he was not ashamed of his family. Jesus is not ashamed to be associated with us. Israel acknowledged his life was difficult and brief. We should realize this is true. The people gave themselves and their possessions to Joseph willingly. Believers also give themselves and their possessions because of what Jesus did. The people became servants of Pharaoh and Joseph. We are servants of God and Jesus Christ. Joseph collected the people's offering and presented it to Pharaoh. Jesus will one day deliver the kingdom over to the Father. Joseph charged people for the bread that sustained them, lesser to greater, but Jesus gave himself willingly. The gospel is free. Both expect us to give all we have. Both provide for us with all we need to be fruitful. Joseph saved the lives of Jews and Gentiles. He was acknowledged as savior and ruler. Jesus, Jesus has saved Jews and Gentiles. He is the savior and Lord of the world. Joseph provided bread for the people so they would not die. Jesus provides bread, his life for us, so we can live eternally and not experience the second death. As Jacob approached death, he set his affairs in order, and we should do the same. You've been listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Genesis chapter 48. May God bless the study of his word.